This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Hello, fam, and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Academy podcast. If you are a frontline hero, police, fire, EMS, military, or medical professional, you are in the right place, and this show is for you. This week, I'd like to introduce you to our guest for episode number 10 of this podcast, Terry Brinston. Enjoy. I just want to say thank you for coming on. I have Miss Terry Brinston, uh, author, entrepreneur, nurse, educator, teacher, the list goes on and on, a oh, writer. Uh, what, else did, what else did I say? You know what? Rather than me going on and on and on, I'm just going to let you tell your own story. So uh, go ahead, Terry, shoot. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, you left off. I'm a mother. I'm a Christian. Oh. I am an entrepreneur. And I am a survivor. And so those are definitely uh, some attributes that I like to connect myself with. Absolutely. I am a new author, so I'm so excited because I, it's my first book. I have a lot, you know, people have a lot of stories within them and it's like, okay, you know, when are you going to get them out? And so I'm just so excited that I was able to get my story out. Um, I'll start with the fact that I'm a sub- survivor. I had COVID-19 in March. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So during that time when I was infected with COVID, it was very new. And so as a medical professional, I'm a registered nurse. They really didn't know too much about it. And so, of course, I got it. Um, and I was uh, admitted to the hospital, which was extremely crazy. It just kind of seemed like, you know, during that time, nobody, they didn't know what it was. It was like outbreak, you know, I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've ever seen that Mm -hmm. movie, but Mm -hmm. you know, they had the military at the hospital and everybody's lined out, you know, lined up outside an emergency. Well, anyway, it was just pretty traumatic. And when I was admitted into the hospital, 
my husband couldn't come in with me. And so I didn't see him for another like 30 days after he took oh, off. So I was in the hospital for about 30 days. And because I had uh, double pneumonia and encephalitis, and I had a lot of lot of symptoms. But anyway, they ended up putting me on the vet. So I was on the vet for 15 days. But one of the really crazy thing about this whole thing is that when I uh, came out of the hospital, I had loss of memory. And so a lot of people I couldn't remember. And so just getting with, a, I had an opportunity to speak with a counselor. I was just really kind of losing my mind. I thought it was two people. I, could, I didn't know where I ended and where my husband started. It was just really, uh, it was a horrible experience. But I was meeting with a psychologist and she told me to start writing. And it was the best advice that I could have ever received because it allowed me to really relive my life again. You know, I, I started backwards because I, you know, I, my husband had, had, you know, I knew that I was a nurse at first. I didn't know I was married. I'd been married. This is my 30 year, 30 year uh, <laughs> anniversary this year. Congratulations. I was married for a long time. Absolutely. Thank you. But my husband was telling you about who I was at this time. You know, I'm a nurse, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a mother, I'm a Christian, you know, and I started to really think about how did I become all this? You know, what in the world? And I really was like, I actually went back and I think I talked to you about it. I looked at my resume and I would go, I look confused. Like <laughs> all of these different things that I've done. I'm a cosmetologist and I, and I could not remember how did I get here? You know, which is really, really odd. So I started doing some investigation and researching and really kind of, you know, tuning in like, okay, why am I a nurse? Why am I a teacher? Why am I a business owner? You know, why do I love working with children? You know, how did I become a Christian? And as I was going through this path, really just rediscovering who I am, I really got connected to the Lord, really orchestrated every decision, every door, you know, he truly orchestrated every event in my life to brought me to who I am today. And so when I became very present to that, I was like, okay, I got some stuff to do. I got to stop wasting time. So yeah. So that's, that's how I'm, that's how I wrote my book. And so my book is about COVID, but it's also connecting different people different circumstances, you know, different characteristics that I have to how I became who I am. So that's why I'm grateful for the journey. And well, I'm, I'm grateful to have you on today. I'm grateful to be able to connect with you in this way. For those people that may want to purchase your book, what is the title of the book and where can they find it? Yes, it, it's on Amazon. It's also on Barnes and Nobles. It's called Grateful for the Journey, Surviving COVID-19. Grateful for the Journey. What a great title. I love it Thank because uh, one of the things that I teach people in my coaching program is all about the hero's journey. So uh, you have quite the journey. What were you doing before you got sick? Actually, I, okay, I'm a teacher. I teach okay. in a high school setting. And so um, I am a registered nurse. And so I teach students uh, basic introduction to the medical field. So medical terminology, 
anatomy and physiology, universal precautions and things like that. And so it's a, it's a health occupations program it, that's uh, inside a host and inside a high school where I introduce the medical field to students. And so I always tell my students, so either I convince them that this is the route, you know, and they can go into, you know, be a doctor. It's not just nursing. So I introduce them to the entire health industry. So either I convince them that this is for them or I convince them that it's not for them. Either way, I've done my job, you know. So <laughs> I just kind of, you know, approach it that way. But I, I was a teacher. I'm a teacher. I teach full time. So you are the first person that I've met that is a teacher and, and a nurse. I think one of the beautiful things about nursing is how many different areas and fields there are within nursing. Absolutely. Um, can you name some of them and like some of the things that you teach your students? Like, because there's so many different directions you can go with nursing. It's, it's. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that's what the one thing that really, you know, allowed me to go into to that direction because there's so many opportunities. You can be a nurse practitioner, you know, you can work in labor and delivery. You can work at, you know, on the, with the fire department, you could work with the EMS service. You could, I mean, you could be a traveling nurse. You could be a nurse educator. Um, you can work in radiology. It's just, I mean, it's my, uh, my neighbor. I, I know it really is. My neighbor is a nurse supervisor for, um, home, home healthcare. Home healthcare. So I guess all of the nurses that she supervises, Mm-hmm. They all go and do personal home visits to their yeah. all of their patients. Yeah. And she's a supervisor for them. And um, I just remember thinking, wow, there's so many different areas of nursing that people just aren't even aware of. Oh, no. I wasn't aware of when I first started. Yeah. How did you go from pediatric nurse mm-hmm. to teacher? How'd you do that? Well, you know, it's, and, I, and that's one of the things, you know, I talk about how the Lord orchestrated different things. I was in a time in my life where I had very small children and I was working 12 hour shifts, you know, mm. so working 12 hour shifts with small children. I have two boys, they're three years apart. And I just wanted to be a mom. You know, I loved working and I really started to evaluate what was it about nursing that I loved the most. Because like, you know, like you said, it's so many different directions that I could go that would not require me to work a 12-hour shift. Mm. And so um, I'm like, okay, do I want to do this? Do I want to work in a clinic? You know, so then I started recognizing that I really love education. I love teaching my patients about prevention, about how to care for their self. And I, you know, when you're a pediatric nurse, your patient is the child, of course, but it's the parent's. And so I enjoy that part more than, more than anything. And so a door opened up for um, one of, uh, in, in my community at the high school that I, I you know, that's in my community, uh, one of the, the teachers from the health occupation program, she was an RN and she was retiring. And I happened to be at an event where the principal for that school was there. And he was asking me, you know, what did I do? And I said, I'm a nurse. He says, oh, we just had a position opening, you know, a position open uh, for a nurse in health occupation. I go, what? I didn't even know that existed back then. I go, well, what is the requirement? And um, he said, well, the teacher had somebody else in mind, 
but you should, you should just go ahead and apply. And I said, yeah, okay, the Lord, the Lord opened that door, although they had somebody in mind for the position and I ended up getting it. So hey. 20, 23 <laughs> years later, here I am. What's the thing that you're most passionate about right now? The thing I'm most passionate with about is working with young people and young adults, like high school students and young adults, who have barriers that prevent them from being successful. Mm. That's where I am most passionate about. You know, I've, I've always been really passionate about it, but I feel I feel like since I've had this near death experience, I I need to get get more serious about my message and supporting these young people. Uh, you have a beautiful message. I love it. Other than teaching, what is some of your other side hustles? Because I know you are an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs are into a lot of different things. You have a lot of different hats that you wear. I do. Well, I, I have my own nonprofit, which is Nurturing Wellness Group Foundation. And what I do is I work with young people who have barriers that prevent them from being successful. So I've been doing that for a while. I also have a for-profit company. It's called My School Nurse, and we call it MSN. And so what I do with that is I work with schools and nonprofit organizations or organizations, churches, who really don't have the knowledge to address health and wellness needs. You know, anytime you have students that are coming to your institutions, you are responsible for making sure you provide a, a safe environment. And so I work with a team of paramedics, EMTs, um, and we go in and we do a needs assessment for the facility to make sure that they're in compliance and compliant with uh, their state requirements as it pertains to health and wellness, but uh, also help them to address it by addressing, you know, best practices and things like that to em embrace those types of things. So that's something that I, that's a little something I do. <laughs> Just a little something. Just What's little your biggest little. challenge that you're facing right now? Uh, I'm the best kept secret. Mm. You know, I'm not out there. I think I've, I've always been behind the scenes, kind of. I, I'm comfortable there. And, but I recognize that people don't buy from people they don't know. And so I'm, I'm starting to put myself out there a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of an introvert, really kind of shy, actually. People, I tell that to people and they're like, what? But um, yeah, so I think that I'm a best, the best kept secret because I think I know that young people that we've supported and the schools that we've supported, we've been able to really make a big difference. And so one of my mentors is Pete Vargas and he says that uh, your message matters. So you have a very important message and we definitely need you to get out there and start talking to uh, more schools. You know, do you have any plans to be famous or do you want to stay behind the scenes? <laughs> you know, if you would have asked me that question like last year, I'm like, Oh, are you kidding? I'm definitely going to stay behind the scenes, but I am just so bursting, you know, <laughs> with energy. I'm like, I got to get this out here. So famous, I don't know. Um, you know I, I think being famous to being, you know, people, you know, googling over me or you know having a paparazzi and all of that stuff. So I don't want that. But I do want to be have that name recognition that people know that okay, that's the that's the lady who 
took her life and changed it and did something with her life. You know, I want to be recognized with, you know, within school systems that, you know, connecting health and wellness to education. So I guess that's my definition of things. So there's a fine line between bragging, you know, about like how great I am and building your brand and telling your journey in a way that inspires people. How do you do it without saying, look how great I am? Because you, you, have, you have a lot of life experience and you've done a lot of different things. Yeah. That's funny you say that because when I teach my programs that I teach for young people, I always start with an overview of my credentials. You know, I'm a legal nurse consultant. I'm an RN. I'm a, you know, I have my bachelor's degree. I have my master's degree. And so I start there purposely. And then I let them know where I came from. When I uh, graduated from high school, I couldn't read. Wow. And so I had a learning disability. And so, of course, back then, uh, they put the students through vocational programs because they want them to be able to, you know, take care of themselves. So I went through cosmetology. And so that was the expectation for my life is they wanted me to, you know, be a cosmetologist. They just kind of wrote me off. It's okay. We got her skilled and she's ready to go. But so I couldn't read. And I, with that was a lot of low self-esteem. I thought I was ugly. I walked around like this, you know, and so I definitely was not in my mind. I did not look like, sound like, you know, there was no way that I could be a nurse. Right. And so my father was uh, sick. He had cancer and he was on hospice and he came home, uh, you know, to stay with my mom, you know, during this transition from the hospital. And I was able to care for him. And he looked at me one day and he said, you know what, you should be a nurse. And I actually thought he was joking or I thought he thought I was my other sister. And I'm thinking, you know, dad, this is me. This is Terry. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is the dumb one. You know, I can't read. Why are you playing? And he was like, no, you should be a nurse. And I thought back then I was like, that was the first time that I saw myself as achieving a goal. And I was like, I can be a nurse, you know? And then I thought about, you know, when you think about it, I was where I was and where this opportunity or this vision became really real to me was miles apart, right? You know, it's like, okay, you know, nurses to me at that point were smart. They were pretty. They were, you know, well-respected, you know, people you know, they spoke with confidence and I was the opposite of that. And I was like, okay, here I am right here. This is my reality. That's where I want to go. Okay. What do I need to do to get there? And so that's sort of how I approach it, you know, without bragging, because I can't brag. I had, you know, I just, I, str- I worked hard <laughs> you know, to be where I am. It did not come easy. You know, I spent, I went to college. I went, you know, I studied like it was a job, you know? So yeah, that's, that's the approach I take. That's beautiful. That is a really incredible story. Uh, One of, another one of my mentors, Les Brown says uh, that, you know, he grew up being called the dumb twin. Mm -hmm. So you made me think of that as soon as you said that. Um, And he says, don't let anyone else's opinion of you become your reality. 
And, you know, you overcame that, that huge obstacle. And I just want to give you your props because you are a hero and an inspiration to many, 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 many young people, young, young and older people who think that, you know, their story, this is what it is. And you, you're living proof that you can change your story at any moment in time, you know, especially when you're young, it's even easier when you're young, you know? <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Well, <laughs> uh, on another topic, what should I ask you about that? Only a small circle of your friends know about you. Well, many people do not know that I consider myself an artist. I love to draw and I used to could sing. And, um, you know, I say used to because I, I had some, uh, I had thyroid cancer. And so it kind of, you know, made some issues, but I love to draw and paint. So yeah, not many people know that about me. All right. Now the whole world does. (laughs) (laughs) Don't uh, ask me to sing though. (laughs) (laughs) Who's some of your heroes? Like if you could have a conversation with uh, dead or alive, top five, Greatest of all time, who are your heroes that you would love to have a conversation or mastermind with? Wow. That is, I read that on your thing. I still, I'm kind of struggling with that. I'll tell you one hero that really got me through. And that was Helen Keller. I know that's a little odd, but when I was, you know, deciding that I wanted to go back to college and I you know made that recognition I'm like okay I'm I'm here I need to get an education and learn how to read and things like that and Helen Keller one of my teachers my special ed teacher introduced me to Helen Keller's story when I was 18 and it just amazed me um, that a woman she couldn't she couldn't hear she couldn't see and she was able to become an activist, you know, you know, a scholar. And I'm like, oh my God, she can't see or hear, you know, and it's like, how in the world? And so I really resonated. Anytime I got down on myself, I connected to, you know what? I can see and I can hear, you know, I can use those senses to overcome. So that was one of the, um, definitely one that has um, that I, you know, one person I thought about a lot. You'd, you'd love to have a conversation. Absolutely. With I would love to have a conversation with him. And of course, Jesus. Yeah, I got a lot of questions to ask. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had a whole lot of questions. Yeah, I would love to have a conversation with him. Absolutely. Who else? Anybody else? Oh my gosh. I'll give you some I'll give you some of mine. Okay. So if I could sit them down at a round table. Okay. I would I would have Dwayne Rock Johnson. Okay. I would have Kev, I would have Kevin Hart because I love his hustle. Okay. Okay. I would have Oprah Winfrey at the table. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I she would, would be there. <laughs> I would I would have Bruce Lee sitting at the table. Bruce Lee. Yep. And and Helio Gracie. He's the father of uh, Gracie Jiu Jitsu. So I I would have the, that's just five. I really have like a, a group of 12. Yeah. And I got this idea from Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people read it, 
but they don't do the things that he says inside the book. So like, I just took down a piece of paper once and I was like, all right, who would be my imaginary counsel if I could get them in a room? And then I wrote down like some of the traits that I would like to emulate or ask them about, you know, that's the beauty of being on uh, this side of the podcast, being an interviewer, you know, like I get to ask you, things that I want to know about, you know, right, and what, right. I, what I specifically want to know about is everything that I ask every single per every single one of my guests. Uh-huh. If you, if you could give yourself advice when you were 18 years old, what type of advice would you give that, that young girl? So many things. Like no, you only get three pieces though. Three? <laughs> three. Oh you gotta goodness. give, you gotta give that young um, lady three pieces of advice, three of your best pieces. What are you going to tell her? Okay, my first advice would be to dream. To dream. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that, you know, realities or your, your direction comes from dreaming. You know, if you can't dream, if you don't look at possibilities, then you don't take a step forward. And I think that that's what my father gave me. I, it started with him planting that seed of me just dreaming about being somebody that I wasn't at that point. Mm. So um, I I wish I would have embraced those opportunities or that mindset of being able to dream. So that's one one of the things I would tell myself. Another, uh, the second thing I would say is for me to, uh, that I could be anything that I want, you know, Um, that I'm not limited to my abilities, you know? So the fact that I couldn't read does not define who I am. Um, That's absolutely, I would tell myself that. And the last, I think I would say, is to give people a chance. You know, I was so hard on people because... Because I had a learning disability, I was bullied a lot. Mm. And I really did not trust people. And so I believe now, and I think I write write about this in the book, how I'm so surprised at how many people, how many friends I have, and how many people that prayed for me when I was sick. Like, I'm like 54 years old. And it's like, now I'm just like, oh my God, I had so many people. How much time did I waste? not trusting people and not allowing them to come into my life. So mm-hmm. those would be the three things. That's a nice, nice three. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, if money wasn't an equation, what would you spend your time doing? Traveling. You would spend your time traveling. So if yeah. money's not, not in the equation, mm-hmm. um, how often would you travel? All the time. <laughs> I would travel and work. I work the best when I'm traveling. So I do, you know, coaching with young people um, while I'm at a hotel, like wonderful places like this. So I just wanted to say I'm a big advocate of starting a coaching business because uh you can do it from anywhere and you can travel and you can just hop on a Zoom call or hop on a phone call and you can continue your coaching business from anywhere in the world. So if you have aspirations or dreams of traveling, start a coaching business now and build your clientele. And, and eventually you'll just be traveling all the time. 
you know, helping people from anywhere in the world that has Wi-Fi. It's a beautiful thing. Well, actually, it, what I do, I do coaching through the Nurturing Wellness Group Foundation. It's more of a structural class coaching, you know, type of approach. So, yeah. Absolutely. How long is that? How long is that coaching program? We have a seven module program where we work with a student in a class, virtual classroom type of setting. We go through different modules. And so it can be adjusted where it's a week or twice a week, you know, so I kind of work around the student's schedule. So, yes, but I can work, I can work from home or, you know, as long as I have Wi-Fi. As long as you got Wi-Fi, it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. If you had Jeff Bezos money, so once again, assuming that all of your family is taken care of, what would you spend that money on? You know, I, my heart is really heavy for homeless people, you know, homeless. And uh, I truly believe that a lot of our homeless population, they're mental, they have uh, mental health issues. That's 99% right. of them. Absolutely. And so, you know, our current medical system, it doesn't support our mental health as much as we, you know, as it should. So I would definitely put my money towards supporting our homeless and getting them some mental health support. Absolutely. That's a good cause. Have you ever had any great interactions with any uh, cops or firemen that you can recall? You know, I was reading that. Um, my mom has, you know, and of course, you know, my mother is aging um, in her 80s. And we've had to, you know, call EMS several times for you know, her being sick or you know, like when my father was sick. So I just like, you know, I cannot even imagine not having access. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're, when, when your family or loved one is sick, and you can pick up a phone and call someone and they can come and help. I don't take that for granted. Neither do I. Anytime I was out on a uh, call, that used to be in patrol, street cop. So anytime, anytime I was out, I was always super grateful when the volunteer EMS workers showed up mm-hmm. and they just took over the scene. I, I just, you know, I'd take a step back and I'd be like, thank you guys for <laughs> doing everything that you do. You know, I was always super, super grateful for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't think about it until you don't have that. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can make a phone call and help us on, on its way. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best compliment you've ever received probably from one of your students? Oh, absolutely. You saved my life. Mm. Uh, That and just thank you. I get so many cards or I get phone calls. I, you know, graduation season, just, you know, we were, we're upon graduation season and I get these text messages. For instance, I just graduated from nursing school or I just started medical school or yeah. Yeah. Just, Thank you, and you've changed my life. You saved my life. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. Um, what's your next project? Like, what are you working on next? Oh, you, there's always something in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I when I wrote the book, "Grateful uh, for the Journey: Surviving COVID 19 I really didn't write it for people to read it. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you wrote it for yourself. I wrote it for myself because I was trying to remember. And so my husband talked me into, you know, getting it published and getting it out there. But I talk about also in my book, I talk about how I used the concepts that I teach 
through the Nurturing Wellness Group Foundation. We call it Life Support for Students or Young Adult Support Systems. It's the, the program that I teach. But it's the concepts that I discovered when I was a young woman with low self-esteem and couldn't read. I saw myself at this particular starting line. And then I saw, I created an intention for where I, where I wanted to go in my life. And so that journey was how I overcame, you know, my learning disability and became a nurse. And so I really embraced the same journey as I was going through the healing process of, you know, from COVID. Not, I had, I couldn't, had a hard time walking, my memory, and, you know, I could have easily just sat down and just like, because it was just so hard, you know, just walking down the stairs or it was, it was horrible, but I embraced those same concepts. Okay. This is where I am. This is my reality. And this is where I want to go. And recognizing the fact that there's obstacles. And so you ask the question, what is my, what do I want to do? I want to help young people who have barriers. And I, and I recognize barriers as being learning disabilities, low self-esteem, incarcerated family members, you know, um, connected to some type of abuse. Um, anything that is blocking you from where you want to go. You know, I, I talk about, you know, uh, how they train elephants. You know, they have a little rope next to the, you know, the wooden stake. And the, when, when the elephant is young, he can't get away. So he doesn't, you know, he, he struggles, but he can't. But as he grows, he forgets that he has grown out of that, but he's still stuck, you know? And so my desire is to work with young people and young adults who have the barriers that prevent them from being successful and help them to overcome those barriers so that they can truly walk out their purpose. Because if I never would have worked, walked out my purpose, I have helped thousands. I was doing the math, you know, 23 years of education. I actually started like putting this curriculum together when I taught, you know, at teaching as a student, as a, uh, as a high school teacher, because my students couldn't embrace the concepts, you know, because they were, had less uh, self-limiting beliefs. I can never be a doctor. You know, my father is in jail. Or, you know, I can never be a nurse. And, you know, don't you know where I came from? And so we had to get rid of those, you know, self-limiting beliefs or those, you know, stigma. Oh, I have diabetes. And, you know, I'm, I have this. I have that. I have ADHD. I had to get rid of that. And so that's how I started the program, really helping my students to get over all the garbage, put those things down so that they can say, okay, here's where I am. That's where I want to be. You know, let's put some things in place in order to get you there. And so moving forward, that's what I want to do. I, I use those concepts in my book. I talk about the Nurturing Wellness Group Foundation and how I truly believe that, um, you know, it is my calling to help these young people get where they need to be. I love your mission. I love where you're going with it. And I'm going to figure out a way to help you grow in your mission. I, I'm going to figure out a way. How can my audience use that to help themselves? Because you, you're obviously driven. So there are other people out there who are feeling burnt out in their job right now. You've said it multiple times now. Just It, it comes down to really figuring out where you want to go, right? But what if you don't know 
Like, what? It, I I think sometimes people think like their their current job is all there is for them right now, and they don't know necessarily how to get to that next place. They know that they may know that they want to get to another place, and some of them don't even know that there is another place beyond what they're currently doing. You've had a lot of different jobs. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful thing. Like your experience, it speaks for itself. You know, you come from a place of, of uh, heart, you know? Well, what I would say is to recognize that a job is something you do. It's not who you are. Um, and so I don't coach my students in getting the best job for you. I coach my students in getting the best life. You know, what is it that you want out of life? What kind of lifestyle do you want? What type of freedoms do you want? You know, what is what makes you happy, you know, and feel excited about getting up every day? So that's where I, and, and, uh, I kind of back into it. Like, what do you not want? Because if I, you ask somebody, like, what do you not like? Oh, I can ramble off a million things. So I say, okay, what do you not want? And then, you know, really write down what that is. And a lot of times, you know, the people that I work with, they get very present to the fact I'm doing everything I don't want. So it's like, okay, what do you need to do to change that? If I'm making $15 an hour and I, that's not the lifestyle, that's not going to give me the lifestyle, then I'm doing the wrong thing, Right. And so I really help, I, I hope that your audience will evaluate what is it that you don't want out of your life? What do you don't want? And not recognize that what you want is not what you do. Your job is something you do. You know, I, um, I think I'm so, you know, at first I used to think, oh my God, I need to settle on something. You know, what do I but I recognize that when I'm not, when I stop wanting what I do, I just change it. That's you know beautiful. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not happy doing this anymore. Let me do something else. So I guess I'm really not, it's not that I'm confused. It's just that I just chase my happiness. That's a beautiful thing. And you're going to inspire so many people. Um, I'm so grateful to have had you on the show. We're going to wrap up with these last final five questions. Okay. These are these are just for fun. Okay. But um, I'm sure people have called you their hero before. What, what does being a hero mean to you? What's uh, your definition yeah. of a hero? You know what? I It's so odd that you asked me that because I never really look at myself as being a hero. You are. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm like, I love your show and I saw your title and I actually passed by it. Because I was like, oh, I didn't see myself as that hero. But, oh, man. Okay, what's your question again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make it really simple. (laughs) Terry, you have a beautiful soul. That's, that's, That's first of all, okay? First of all, you have a beautiful soul inside and outside. And you are shining right now. Like, I just love your mission. You are a hero to a lot of people including myself. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. What is your definition of a hero? Okay. So I, if I'm a hero, (laughs) so I got to get connected to that. I guess my definition is 
being available. Being available, P- period. That, that's it. That's yeah. it. Just, that's it. Just be available. Your yeah. definition Your definition is your truth. It doesn't matter what other people think it is. I, I like your definition. Mm-hmm. How do you show your self-love? You know, like when your stress is at its highest mm-hmm. and you're at your lowest point and you're starting to reach your break, breaking point, how do you save yourself? How do you show yourself love? I pray. You pray. And uh, work out. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just pray. One of the things I, that gets me, you know, that really humbles me is just listening to music. Mm. And uh, a lot of Christian music that has very um, meaningful spiritual connections um yeah listening to music and playing definitely would you ever consider coaching other nurses to do what you do now oh absolutely absolutely i think uh i so uh i do coach i have coached uh nursing students to help them to pass their NCLEX exam mm-hmm. um just by you know it's not so much you know i give them different i i I, a, I had a learning disability, so I learn differently, right? Yep. So I have to see it. And so I do help nurses, nursing students who need a different angle, a different way of thinking of things. So I do that. But I also uh, help them with their self-limited beliefs that they take into it as well. So absolutely. I would That's love beautiful. To, be to do that more. That's beautiful. What's your, your best ability? What's your, your best strength? Your, we'll call it your power today. I think that I am a realist, but I'm also, I have attention to detail. Like I have a, a way of looking at this. I coach and I also consult with different organizations. Like right now I'm consulting with a nonprofit who struggling with making sure that they're walking out their mission. So I think I have a way of simplifying and looking at situations and just kind of bringing them down to earth so that everybody can recognize that, okay, what are we trying to do and where are we trying to go and what are the things we need to do to get us there? So I think I have it just a, you know, my mind is organized. I I love it. And my last and final question, okay. just for fun, if you had a comic superpower, what would it be and why? A comic superpower? Uh, time travel. Time travel. Yes, absolutely. Time now, travel. <laughs> where would I go? <laughs> where, where would you go and, and why, why time travel? Like what kind of things... Because messing with time can be tricky, you know? Like, if you go back, if you go back, who knows if you would have been on the same journey if you changed the slightest little things, you know? Who said I wanted to go back? Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I want to go forward. All right, I Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I consider myself a futurist, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know why I thought that you would go back right away. I didn't even think about forward because <laughs> I, I do want to live another hundred years just to see, yeah. just to see what comes about. Oh, you know, like absolutely. we're so close to being on a two planet species. We're mm-hmm. so close to being on Mars. And then I want to see the, um, you know, the landing 
iPad on on the moon, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I want to see all of these things. Like right. you and I, we grew up with a uh, what's that phone that you 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 click oh, it? Rotary. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we grew up we grew up with a rotary phone where you stick uh-huh. your finger in and you go right. click 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 <laughs> click click phone click. Books. Now, <laughs> and, phone, and phone booths and now right and now kids they they don't even know what the, what those no things idea. are they have no, no idea i think about my father often he was an electrician and he was just i i just think about you know just the thing the technology that we have now that he was not able to see like you know like you said the cell phone and just FaceTime, FaceTime, face, face face yeah. Oh my gosh, I I wish I could like just share that with him, and so that's why I think about like what are we gonna, what is it gonna look like in healthcare, you know, 10, 20 years from now, um, you know. Anyway, so yeah, absolutely, time travel. There's forward. certain there's certain careers like mm-hmm. nursing, mm-hmm. Uh, policing um you know fire ems there's certain careers that they're never ever going to completely be eliminated by technology because you need the human element you know right hopefully 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 (laughs) uh well not in our lifetimes right right i I don't think in the next 50 years any robots are replacing the bedside nurse you know or, or or the fireman but I have seen drones that can fly up and spray mm-hmm. water. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, but you're still going to need <laughs> operators. So it's going to reduce the number of firemen you need, but you're still going to need firemen to make certain decisions, you know? Right. Well, I do, I do. My husband, this is, you know, my husband always talks to me, you know, talk about me when I say this. When I go to like the supermarket, I never go to the self-check. Like I always go to the teller because I'm like, okay, you're putting somebody out of a job. You know, these are like minimum wage jobs. You know, this is what they need anyway. So I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I I actually get annoyed because I'm like, they expect me to bag my own groceries. <laughs> and when I go to gas stations, I go to full serve gas stations because I'm uh-huh. like, they expect me to pump my own gas. I they remember. have full service. Yeah, yeah, they're few and far between. But I remember a time when there was only full serve gas stations. You know, I remember a time when when there was no self checkout lines. You know, so Mm -hmm. so now I'm a little slow to some of those changes. So it's like you know, like I get a little annoyed. I'm like, for me, it's it's indignation. I'm like, I'm not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) We pay people to do that. Yeah, we pay people to do that. I'm not doing it. It's been it's been fun, Terry, and I I really appreciate talking with you. You have a great mission, and you are a hero. Thank you for everything that you do, and all of the young people that you're affecting. It's a beautiful thing, and I want you to have a very blessed day and enjoy the rest of your day. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Just recognizing, I don't think that people who are in the healthcare they don't look at themselves as heroes. You know, so if you put in that title, it kind of kind of made me special, feel special today. A little uncomfortable, but special. But thank you so much for what you what you do. Always move towards that uncomfortable feeling. <laughs> I I was a uh, interview. I was on the other side of an interview uh-huh. recently, and I felt a little uncomfortable. I was like, man, I'm going to be on the spot. I'm going to have to come up with answers on the fly. Right. And uh, I felt a little uncomfortable, but I, I try to keep moving 
forward towards those things that because everywhere where you feel uncomfortable, that's where the growth happens. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. Alrighty. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, Hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.